Yeah, it's one, it's one for you, God. Cause you the Lord of my life. And you're just so amazing. Yeah, on the streets I'm praising. God is amazing. Lord, you're so amazing. He gave many inspiration. God is amazing. Lord, you're so amazing. Please look out for me. Lord, I just want to speak my truth. No, Lord, I want to speak your truth. Lord, it's a testimony to all the things that you carry me through, me through. I've been so gone for so long. Suffering, suffering When I knew who to call on With the flesh I was struggling Ay, And what did I do? Run to the broad path that the world let me do well, Back then, if only I knew Would Jehovah and store I would've never run to you Hey! On the streets I'm praising God is amazing Lord you're so amazing He gave many inspiration God is amazing Lord you're so amazing Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You are now worshiping with and rocking with now the Living Word Ministry. That's now the Living Word Ministry. You heard me. That's now the Living Word Ministry. No one without. Well, we believe no one should go without the gospel. No one should go without truth. No one should go without the way, the life. No one should go without salvation. No one should go without Jesus Christ, the general, the king, hallelujah, the savior, Jesus Christ, the comforter, the keeper, the sacrifice, Jesus Christ, the one with whom the father is well pleased when he sees us because we are covered in him. If you have accepted him, Jesus Christ, the name of power, the name of authority, the only name that can heal you, Jesus Christ, the only name that can bring you and strengthen you and to encourage you to let go of the evil ways that you once operated in, that we once operated in, Jesus Christ. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your host, Apostle A.P. Shepherd, as I have been called out set apart and ordained since before time began to bring you the gospel, the truth, the gospel, the way, the gospel, the life of the kingdom of God. So help me, Jesus. I just want to take this time to thank you for coming and tuning in. As this is a special episode, we're here on Christmas Eve. And, uh, well, the day, the eve of the day, the, the day before we celebrate Jesus being born into this world. Even though no one specifically knows the exact day, um, some believe in Hebraic culture, they are more close, close 
uh, to knowing his date, actually from uh, times that have been kept according to uh, even the Roman calendar from Roman jurisdiction uh, of the Hellenistic Jews, which are Jews who had diverged and blended in with Greek culture. Just wanted to throw that out there. But today we celebrate, we're, we're on the day before, the eve, the day before of which we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And, and, and this is very crucial for, to our understanding of who Jesus truly is. Because in order to celebrate Christmas, which is the birth of Christ, the birth of the anointed one, the birth of the one who was sent to bring us where God called us to be. We ultimately have to find ourselves in a place of worship or in a position that is in right standing with God in order to give the worship necessary to be received through God, to God properly. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying there's a certain amount of hoops to jump through. Uh, the, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me or through me. No man can come to God. No man can get to the true God unless he comes to Jesus. And so before I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but the Holy Spirit has stirred me up this morning, uh, well, this afternoon, this evening, wherever you are. Listen, let's go with some prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for keeping us throughout last night. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for being the comforter, the keeper, the doctor. We thank you for being our strength and our truth. Now, Holy Spirit, hallelujah, help us glorify the Father. Father, glorify your name in this moment. Glorify your name through this word. You get all the props. You get all the credits. We give it all to you because without you, we have nothing. I wouldn't even be able to talk. I wouldn't be alive. None of us would be alive if it wasn't for you. Let your word fall into the minds, hearts, and souls of everyone under the sound of my voice. Let their hearts be open for your word. Let their hearts be open to your word. Let their mind be open to your word. Let their soul be open to your word. Let it be planted into their hearts and souls and let it grow in them as the Holy Spirit waters it from hallelujah place to place and gives them the knowledge of who you are and gives us a greater revelation of who you are for those that know you. Father, I honor you today. I bless your holy, mighty, and righteous name. There is none like you in all of the earth, and you are mighty. Show yourself, show your word, and do it like only you can. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And so without further ado, listen, we're going to talk a little bit about a few different things. Today we're going to deal with the reality of, of, of the presence of Jesus, uh, the presence of the all-knowing, everywhere-present God who is not only alive in us, but we will find out that from his birth, to, through his death, beyond his resurrection, and into a vision given into one of his apostles, uh, of the apostle John, that we will see that Christ is fully at work, fully present with us fully always with us no matter where we are or where we go that it is the reality that Jesus is and always is alive and present in the believer 
Jesus is even present with the full capabilities of knowledge of everyone who is outside of him. He is fully aware of our actions in our secret hidden places. He is fully aware of your thoughts. You don't have to know him for him to be your judge of the things about us or you that he knows that you think he doesn't because you don't want to acknowledge who he is, which really doesn't mean anything. Uh, it doesn't save you from his judgment. It doesn't save you from the reality that you'll stand before him. And so on this Christmas, it's a wake-up call. Hallelujah. We're going to call. That's what we're going to call. It's a wake-up call. Jesus says, I'm always there. Jesus said, I'm always paying attention. Jesus said, I'm already knowing who you are. The Bible puts it this way. The Bible said Jesus needed nobody to tell him about the heart of man because he himself knew what was inside man. He, uh, well, well, we're not talking about bones and ribs and heart and oil and uh, liver. We're talking about the thoughts, the consciousness, the, the things that motivate us. Amen. But in order to get there, we have to go back. We have to go back to Bethlehem. We have to go back to Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. We have to go back to Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. We have to take this trek, this journey into a time machine, and we have to step back by way of the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God, the sacred writ. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell y'all something. I'm going to share this with y'all. It really chaps my high when a, when a man or woman of God calls it a text. It's not a text. This is the living word of God. Your math book is a textbook. Your English book is a textbook. Your science book is a textbook. It's not a lie. There are no living principles that can give you life. They can bring you and turn you from darkness into light. They can turn you from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive, from being spiritually connected. I mean, disconnected to being spiritually connected. And so I, I, this is the Holy Scripture. I've even had times where now, if that's how you want to relate and how God speaks to you through you, when you look at his word, when you look at the holy writings of God, the holy word and written, the holy written language expressed by the Holy Spirit. Come on. Which wasn't written in textbooks was written on papyrus scroll but it's holy it's sacred it's not a text it's the word of God the lines in your math book is not the word of God that's text that's man you script I get beside myself let's get let's keep going but we have to travel to the origins of of why we celebrate what we celebrate. Now the origins of why we celebrate what we celebrate in its revealed sense happens over 2000 years ago. But the origins of why we celebrate what we celebrate is timeless. It's before the garden. 
because the word of God says they call Jesus. The word of God calls Jesus the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, before the world was created, before an Adam and an Eve slip up, hiccup and fumbling of our right and authority and all of the purity of creation. Before all of that, God had a plan. God had a plan that would be accomplished whether man succeeded or failed in the garden. God has a plan that will be accomplished whether your pastor or your bishop fails in their ministry. God has a plan that will succeed and not fail whether you and I answer the call in the ministry that he's called us into. Because it was already written in his heart. It was already written in his mind. It was already written in the eternal essence of who God is. Listen, if you have your Bibles, and if you don't, don't worry about it because I'll be reading the scriptures. But if you have your Bible, pull it out. Uh, Pull out your Bible if you have it. If you don't have your Bible, uh, then go ahead and um, just follow me, amen, as I follow Christ. Don't follow me if I ain't following Christ. Hey, Shama, Se Yadeha. Listen, if you don't have your Bible, take some time to pause this right now. Don't pause it right now. But take your time to pause this after I say what I'm about to say right here. And download a Bible. Download a Holy Bible. Preferably one with multiple translations. But if, if you can stick with the King James, get the King James. But get one with multiple versions. Amen. So listen, listen. Go to, go to uh, the, the Gospel of Luke. We're going to start at the Gospel of Luke, chapter, where are we? Chapter 1, verse, let's say verse 25. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, at verse 25. Amen? All right. And we'll be right back with you after these messages. Listen, listen, I was sitting here and the Holy Ghost hit me and said, warn the people for Christmas. Warn my people and warn those who avoid me. Warn those who refuse to come to me. Warn them and let them know 
that this coming year will be a year unlike no other. Warn them, my son, from me. Warn them from me because I have set you as a watchman on the wall to lean into the distance and to look and see the signs of the times. I have given you discernment to warn my people that even though this Christmas may be merry for them as they open up their gifts, that there would be things that are coming in the coming years, plural, years, not just one, years, futuristic, that would make sure that they would, they would never be the same. There are judgments coming against the house of God, judgments coming against the church, judgments coming against many who have chosen their own way. But also there were a judgment coming upon the world of unbelievers who have denied me, said the Lord. The Lord has said, this is what the Lord said. And so I, I will be releasing words. I, I was going to go into a series to try and move on some things, but I'm going to be led of the spirit and not by what I want to do in this season, uh, in this time frame. Because the reality of it is this, and not just this season, for the as long as the Lord has blessed me with a ministry, I'm moving according to his leading. And so this is this this is called a Christmas warning. Wake up a Christmas warning. want you to take the time to reach out to us. Reach out to us via email at n-o-w-t-l-w-m-i-n at gmail.com. N-o-w-t-l-w-m-i-n at gmail.com. Reach out to us. You can find us on Clubhouse. Download the Clubhouse app and look us up you can look me up under AP Shepherd, or you can look up, you can look up um, now the Church of Jesus Christ or our prayer group, not on our watch. All right. So I just pray that the Lord gives you the insight to receive everything without being offended in this season. Because the Lord revealed to me that offense will be a very strong weapon against the enemy of the enemy, against the body of Christ, and against those who would rather believe a lie. This is the time for you to wake up, to wake up from your slumber, and to wake up from the slumber of sleep, and to be awakened to the things of God. May God be with you as you arise into your new destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, how are you? This is Apostle Shepherd, and I'm here because there are things that you need, things that we all need. We need prayer. We need to know that we're loved by God. We need the strength that can only come from God. 
So if you're in need of that prayer, if you're in need of that strength, if you're in need, listen, reach out to us, email us whatever concerns you have. Is it a parent in the hospital? Is it a mother on hospice, a father on hospice? Is it a, a, a young one, your son? Is your son hurting? Is your son out in the streets? Is he in prison? Is your daughter into prostitution? Is your son a gang member? Is your daughter on drugs? I am here. We are here at now the Living Word Ministries. Me, my wife, and my daughter. The ministry is here for you, and we will pray with you and for you. Listen, we're here for you, and we love you. And I don't just say that because it sounds good. We love you for the deepest portions of us in the spirit and just in who God created us to be. So if that's you and you need prayer, you need love, you need to know your love and you want someone to be praying with you for your children, for your sons and your daughters, for your family, brothers, sisters, aunts, whatever it is for you. You're trying to get rid of a porn addiction. You can't beat a masturbation addiction or a drug addiction. We'll pray with you. You're trying to stop cussing. You're trying to stop having sex without marriage. You're trying to stop cheating on your wife or your husband. We're here. We're here to pray with you and to agree with you. So listen. Email us. And even through this app on Spotify, you're able to email us. You're able to send a message. Listen, we're here for you. Email us at N-O-T, excuse me, N-O-W-T-L-W-M-I-N at gmail.com. That's N as in Nancy, O as in operate, W as in word, T as in the, L as in living, W as in word, M-I-N at gmail.com. And we're going to come into agreement with you, add you to our prayer list. And we have a business phone coming up where you can text your concerns. And I'll be posting that soon. But until then, email us, whatever it is. No, nothing is too big for us to pray for you about and to take to God. I love you with the love of the Lord and with the love of Jesus Christ. I speak the peace of God over your soul, the peace of God over your heart, the peace of God over your mind. And the hallelujah and the love of God shed abroad over everyone under the sound of my voice. We love you. God bless you. Welcome, 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 welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are now worshiping with and rocking with now the Living Word Ministries. Now the Living Word Ministry. That's now the Living Word Ministry. Let's get into the Holy Scriptures. Luke 
chapter 1 at verse 25. Thus says the Lord has dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on to me to take away the, my reproach. Oh, no, no, that's not it right there. We're still inside. So, mm, 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came to the father and said hail to you thou art highly favored the Lord is with you blessed are you among women and when she saw him she was troubled at this saying and cast at this saying and cast in her mind what manner of greeting is this and the angel said to her fear not Mary for you have found favor with God and behold you shall conceive in your womb in your uterus and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give to him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary, to the angel, how shall this be, seeing I have known not a man? How is this going to happen if I am still a virgin? I've never been with a man. This is what Mary is saying, Jesus' mother. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. In other words, she was unable to have a child. For with God, nothing shall be impossible with God nothing shall be impossible now watch what Mary says and Mary said behold at verse 38 the handmaid of the Lord be it unto me according to your word and the angel of the Lord departed from her you see it is here at this moment we get the understanding that Mary the mother of Jesus was a virgin who had been selected by God to have Jesus so that Jesus could be the savior of the world. I could get into telling you why would the importance of, of, of Jesus being born of, of born of Mary and not of Joseph. But the focus here is Jesus today, the birth of Jesus that even though he was not fathered by a human man, the Holy Spirit of God gave Mary the seed of a child and produced the Son of God in the pregnancy of Mary.
Mary was visited by the messenger angel Gabriel and Gabriel then himself relays the message to Mary by first letting her know that first and foremost, you have been favored. You have been chosen and you have been blessed because you are going to give birth to the savior of the whole world. The importance of this is significant because it wasn't anything special that Mary did, but God chose Mary. It wasn't anything too special about her outside of the lineage of her bloodline that her ancestors were of a holy bloodline. It was that God had chosen her for the purpose of saving everyone, of saving you and saving me and bringing us back to God. Of reconciling, reconnecting, bringing back together, bridging a way for those of us who had inherited evil and sin from the fall of Adam that we would find ourselves back a bridge and a way, a truthful way, an only way back into relationship, a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that bridge was Jesus Christ. And so it is important that we realize that at this point that the, the reality and the true treasure of what's happening here is not only a visitation by an angel, but a message of hope, a message of mercy, a message of salvation from God himself. For John chapter 3 verse 16 says it this way that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world but through, through him the world might be saved. This was the birth of salvation for a people that had gone on rejecting God for centuries. This is hope for a people who had grown so evil and set in their own ways that God's mercy had to step in. Psalm 30 verse 5 puts it this way that God's anger endures for a short while. but his favor endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And in that mercy, God decides to become a human, to do what no other human is able to do. And that save himself, save herself. 
This is the reason that we are celebrating. But within this is also a dual, a double-sided blessing. Because it's a blessing to those willing to receive and it's a bad news and a curse or remaining under a curse for those who reject and deny. Listen, this Christmas, God wants me to give us encouragement through a warning that there is a gift that was given to you, given to me, given to us, given to those who would accept Jesus and those who would deny him over 2,000 years ago. And that gift was God himself wrapped in a human body, presented as a baby in human weakness, Strengthened through faithfulness to God and empowered when it was time to begin ministry. And so as we go to chapter, we're going to go, as we thumb ourselves ahead, we go to chapter two of Luke, Luke's gospel, the gospel according to Luke, and it reads, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made in Cyrenius when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed and everyone went to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of King David. Listen, let's stop right there, pause. So here, he is literally, watch this, listen, 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 because I'm listening, I'm following the lead of Holy Ghost. Here, Caesar is being prompted according to the will of God to issue out a tax. Now in that time, a tax required for us, for you to go back to where you came from, where you were born at to be accounted for and to register. And because Jesus was born under the, under the marriage of David, of David and Mary, his mother, not David being his biological father, but born under their marriage. That meant for him to go home with David to David's place of birth, which was Bethlehem, the house of bread. Bethlehem would connect this to a prophecy given by one of the prophets, I believe it was Isaiah, that he would be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Judah is the actual name. 
if you go into the older, but born in Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecy of the coming Messiah, the anointed king who would save mankind from themselves. Listen, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So she was pregnant at this time, hadn't given birth yet. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Look at the genius of God. That he would have her moved in motion to be presented and placed in the place where the prophets had spoken of thousands of years before the birth of Jesus that he would be born so that he could be born there. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And there in the same country, shepherds were abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. Listen. No place to rest their head in the place of comfort. No place to rest their head in a place where there would be solace, but in a place of discomfort and in a place where there would be, where there one would consider the worst place ever to have to lay one's head in a manger of animals, a king is born. Uh, the savior and save the place and bridge for all mankind that God himself would take on the frailty of human weakness would take on the form of a baby a human baby to grow up in a human life to live a human existence to a perfection without committing evil that you and I could never have lived on our own. And even if we could have, we would already have been born under the evil decision to disobey God and bring sin into the world made by Adam. And so they're in the manger and there were shepherds in the same country and they were watching the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon the glory. The angel of the Lord came upon them, the shepherds. The glory of the Lord shone around about, about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings. I'm bringing you good news. Something to celebrate. Of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ, uh, the Savior, which is Christ the Lord, the Anointed One, your Lord, your owner. He is born today. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. That word host means armies. So there was a now a multitude, meaning an uncountable number. 
So there now was, instead of just one angel, there were an uncountable number of angels of the armies of God. And they were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. That saying that this very gesture of God taking on the form of humanity in its most fragile, weakest state was a sign of God's goodwill and peace towards man, even after man had rejected God. Hear me. Hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. And it came to pass that as the angels were going away from going away from them, the shepherds said to one one to another, let us go, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they received the word with glory, they came. These were not, the Bible doesn't tell us that these were worshipers of God. They didn't say that they were in the temple worshiping and praising. They didn't say that they were religious priests or of the highest Levitical order. They didn't say that they were in that particular realm, but they were sheep. I mean, they were shepherds who were in the field. Keeping watch over the flock by night. Watching over the flock in the darkness. A metaphor that would come to be known as Jesus would leave 12 behind that would go forth. 11 behind that would go forth as shepherds under the great shepherd to lead the sheep through the darkness of the evil in the world. Listen. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for this word. I thank you, Lord. So the angel appears, gives the revelation to the shepherds. The shepherds go, they rush to go see what the angels are saying. They didn't just take the word of the angel. They went and they were obedient to what they were told to do. And they came with haste. Verse 16, chapter two. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a, the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad, saying which was told to them concerning the child and all that they had heard and wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. So, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. 
And so after the shepherds get the word, not only do they go and see the word to see what was accomplished, they decide within themselves that they would share this word and explain to Mary and all that were there present what had happened. They explained that the angel appeared, that before they knew it, it was an uncountable number of angels, that they were all singing and praising God, how scared they were at first, but then they were filled with joy and that they had to come see this thing that was told to them. The birth of the Savior, the righteous one. But then not just that, they would go from there and tell the world. Now, in between that time, there would be Jesus would grow up and the Bible declares and tells us that he would grow in wisdom and stature. He would increase as God's favor on his life would give him favor in everything that he did. It would show to go forth to tell us how Jesus would wander off when he was younger and then he would be found three days later in the temple with the most knowledgeable men of the scriptures asking them questions and answering questions while at the same time blowing their mind with the wisdom that he had at such a young age it would go even further the bible would go even further to tell us that john the baptist would be waiting in the wilderness until he received the word the very child that is that would be born to his cousin I mean, to his aunt Elizabeth and uncle Zacharias in their old age who were visited by the same angel. The Bible would go forth in this same gospel according to Luke that would tell us that they were six months apart. That she was already six months. Elizabeth was already six months about time Mary came to visit her. And that that same John will be born six months earlier. That same John would begin his ministry six months earlier. That same John would be prophesied in the book of Malachi chapter four, um, where the Lord says, I would send my messenger before my face. That same John would wait, would leave his family at an age old enough to go live in the wilderness until the calling of the Lord. That same John would then be called by God and told to go and to preach and to begin baptizing for the repentance or remission of sins. And he would go forth saying, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is here we begin to get the true revelation and the true understanding to see that John was sent to do what God had sent him to do. And that was to make the way. 
But in between this time, now John begins to baptize. And as John is baptizing, John is telling them of one that is coming that is greater than he is, even though he is going to come after he starts his ministry, that one would come after and walk in a ministry that was greater than his because that one that came after him would have existed before him. In saying this, John would let the world know that this man, Jesus, was not just a man but was a was God in a human body was the presence and power of God that Jesus is not just a man but is fully God's presence within a man in other words he is fully man and fully God apostle Paul And at this particular time, during this time frame, Jesus, the Bible declares, will go out in the book of Matthew, would do, uh, uh, will go out healing all who were oppressed of the devil, that they will bring everyone to him and that they would come to him and they would lay at his feet and he would heal them with a word that demons would run out of people that sicknesses would be healed the dead would be raised in the book according to the seventh chapter uh, of the book of Luke uh, the gospel according to Luke that a widow's a widow's son who was her only son had been raised from the dead simply by Jesus touching the coffin touching him and saying Young man, wake up. It would lead us to Jairus' daughter who had been dead and who, but by the time he made it to Jesus, but Jesus would tell him, fear not, only believe. Even after those who worked for Jairus came and told him his daughter was dead. But that Jesus would go and on the way, a woman with, who had been bleeding for 12 years would touch the cloak of his garment and be healed. That moving and throughout this time that Jesus would go as the book of Acts records in chapter 10, verse 38. Would tell us that he went about Nazareth doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. That were in the 11th chapter of the gospel according to John. He, we would find Lazarus dead four days and Jesus standing outside talking to Lazarus' sisters who asked him where was he, but Jesus knowing what he came to do, Encourage them to believe in him and his ability to raise dead things back to life. Upon which time he would look up to heaven and he would say, Father, I know you always hear me, but I'm going to say this out loud. I'm going to put on this. I'm going to throw this little zing on it. For those so that they might believe. And after he had said this, he stood he, and telling his sister to have them remove the stone. He said, Lazarus, come out from the dead place. Come out from the tomb. Come forth. And Lazarus would hobble out and hop out. And Jesus would say, unwrap him. Get those grave clothes off of him. He is no longer dead, but he, sh he now lives. 
We'll find Jesus moving across the sea. Hallelujah. With his uh, compelling his disciples to go forth on the sea. And as they would go forth on the sea, they would be met with waves that were roaring and raging in a storm. And, and, and the Bible tells us in Mark's gospel that Jesus was on top of the mountain praying. And while he was on top of the mountain praying, he never took his eyes off of them only to come across walking across the waters to meet them but 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 tells us also that he would have passed them by but because they've seen him and thought that he was a ghost and they were scared and Jesus had to say don't be worries don't be scared it's me and then Paul's Peter would say if it's you then let me come out there and walk on the water with you and, and he would walk on the water <laughs> and, and then he would begin to sink after he began to look at the situation around him the waves crashing the wind blowing and jesus would have to save him and lead him into the boat but the bible tells us in god john's gospel that he would have passed him by why because he was already prepared to meet them where he sent them the bible would tell us that he cast seven demons out of mary magdalene who was grateful and washed his feet with oil the bible would tell us that in between this time that one named judas iscariot the most infamous betrayer and traitor of all time would take time to go forth and and and, and betray him and to stab him in the back in the worst way by turning him over into the hands of those who wanted to kill him and by at worst, even worse, doing it with a sign, becoming a traitor by kissing him on the cheek as a term of endearment, which would become a term of betrayal. Handing him over to be beat, to be bruised, to be riddled, to be attacked. But Jesus had already told them, told his disciples that this would happen. And Peter said, no, not you. This won't be you, Lord. This ain't going to happen to you. And Jesus had to tell him, no, no, get behind me. It's not you talking. Satan is speaking through you. Get behind me, Satan. In other words, get out of my way. Get out of the path that God has for me. Jesus knew that he had to die for us from the moment he had understanding. He chose to die for us. And so in between this time, he's dealing with he's dealing with treacherous religious leaders of that time who were so bound up in religion and being worshipped themselves or looked to themselves as a form of God. Enforcing rules and adding rules uh, and, and commandments and teachings that didn't come from God. Bringing hard pressure and burden on the people that drove them away from God and from worship. And so Jesus comes and says, come to me, all of you, John chapter 10, come to me, all you who are burdened, heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke, connect with me upon you. He said, I will give you rest for your weary souls because my burden, the thing that I'm asking you to do is easy and it's lightweight. 
And so we find we find Jesus in this place. Listen, 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 please listen. We find him in this place. This place where God is singling him out so that we will know that he is the only way. But he's being persecuted. He's being attacked. He's being made to look like a villain and a criminal by the religious leaders of the day who are jealous of him and jealous of the following that he has um, he has accumulated and who have become to look for him and hunger for him because everything that he's doing is being done with power, with love, with patience. It is all being done so differently than they are used to it being done. It's not being done with heavy burdens and heavy rules. But instead, it's being done in love and patience. God's will is being explained. God's love is being expressed. God's heart is being shown. God's healing is being released. This was how it was, was originally intended to be. They would follow him. The religious leaders would follow him after healings, questioning whether he was healing by the power of God or by the power of Satan or Beelzebub, if it was the exact um, scripture. And so he would be constantly be antagonized even to the point but they were trying to kill him for things that he said and truths that he revealed that challenged their religious mindsets. But at the same time, they drew people to him, to God. And meanwhile, in the backdrop, Judas, Judas, Iscariot has made a 30 silver piece deal. 30 pieces of silver in his pocketbook. In his pocket to betray, to become a traitor and to turn Jesus over. To be killed at the hands of those who hated him. If you look in the third in the 12th chapter of the gospel according to John, you'll find that they, because he had raised Lazarus from the dead, they were concerned that the whole world were following after him, after Jesus. And so they they made plans to destroy him. That destroy means to kill. Destruction by physical death. 
And so there comes that fateful night that they sit in the room, the upper room, on the night of Passover, where Jesus has already warned his disciples that it's time for him to be turned over into the hands of the leaders, the scribes, the religious leaders of the Jewish people, and to be handed over to the to the Romans to be killed, to be crucified, to be murdered as a criminal. And in that time, he warns them that they, all of them were going to abandon him. And they all agreed in the Matthew's gospel that they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't hand Jesus over. They wouldn't abandon him. All led by Peter saying, if everybody else abandoned you, I won't. I'm willing to die with you. At which point Jesus looks at him gingerly, tenderly and says, oh, is that so? For real? Look, you, before the chicken crow, you're going to already deny me three times. Before the chicken crow, let us know that the sun is on its way up. You're going to say that you don't know me. You're going to disown me. You're going to say you never knew me. You're going to tell them you wasn't rolling with me. You wasn't my partner. You wasn't hanging with me. And the rest of the disciples agreed. And it was after that moment that Jesus begins to take them up and communion begins as he takes the bread and he takes the wine and he tells them that this is his body and he breaks it and shares the bread with each one of them and he tells them to eat it all, the first communion. Then he pours the wine and passes the wine and he says, drink from this and I won't drink with you again until I drink with you in my father's kingdom. Fully knowing that he would die. Now they want to, at this moment, he announces and lets them know that he, he, he's going to be betrayed and that one of them will be the one that betrays him. And when he says that, they want to know, is it me? They're all looking and thinking about themselves and they're looking at each other. Is it me? Is it me? Is it you? Who is it? But meanwhile, Judas knows who's it, who it is because he had already started the process. He had already received the money. At this point now, Judas knows that Jesus knows. But does he know it's him? Meanwhile, two sitting close to Jesus, Peter and John. John sitting close enough, leaning on to lay on Jesus' chest. As he always did. Peter reaches over to him and says, hey, look. Find out who it is. And John asked Jesus and Jesus said, the one who when I dipped his bread in this sop and this juice right here and this gravy, who I dipped his bread in this gravy, when I give it to him, that's the one. So he dips it in the bread and he gives it to Judas and he leans over to Judas and says, do what you're going to do and do it quickly. How many of us knowing that we were being about to die, about to be murdered, about to be considered a criminal, about to be hated above all hate, would feed our enemy. And so. Jesus says 
Whatever you're about to do, go do it quickly. What you're about to do, excuse me, do it quickly. Man, go get this done. And meanwhile, after that, he's overcome with such uh, 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 such overwhelming anxiety and fear, so much overwhelming intimidation and pain and sorrow of betrayal, but also of the fact and weight of heaviness of knowing that he's about to die. This is why God, this is a grace that God has given us. Everybody want to know when they know you don't want to know when you're going to die. The Bible declared that Jesus, Jesus said that I, my soul is sore vexed and overcome with deep sorrow unto death. Hey, what was he saying? He said, man, I feel like I'm so heavy right now with fear and with intimidation and with worry. I'm about to drop dead. And so he takes James and John and I believe it's Andrew, if I'm not mistaken, with him. Excuse me, Peter, excuse me. Peter, James, and John. And, and as they, they come to the place where they always met at, which is called the, the oil press. That's the translation, but it's called the Garden of Gethsemane where they often met up at and he says, look, y'all just watch with me. That watch means pray with me, pray with me, pray for me, pray for me and pray with me because I'm about to go through something. And the thought of it, the weight of what I'm thinking about what's about to happen because he knew what was going to happen to him. It's killing me inside. And so He comes back, they sleep. He come back an hour later, they sleep again. He said, man, y'all can't watch with me. You can't pray with me. You can't intercede. You can't pray to God for me. You can't pray with me. You can't come in here and pray to me, pray with me. As he sat there and he asked God, he said, is there any other way to do this? Can this cup pass for me? Is there some other way we can do this? And as he comes back the third time, he says, nevertheless, it's not what I want to be done. Father, let what you have ordered to be done. Let your will be done. And it's done. And at that moment, he comes back. He finds him asleep. He tells him, look, arise. The ones who my betrayer is at hand, the ones who have come to get me, the son of man, I am being turned over into the hands of my murderers to be killed and crucified. Listen. It goes on from there that he's grabbed. He's a, he, he's a, before they ask, who is Jesus Christ? And he says, I am he, the sheer force of his word, the power of the weight of his words. This is recorded in John's gospel, I believe in chapter 19. And he, when he says, I am he, the force and power of his word of not wanting to go, of not wanting to be killed, of not wanting to go there. The force and sheer power and magnitude of his words knocks everyone that came to kill him to the ground. They get back up and ask him, he asks him again, who are you looking for? They said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He said, look, I'm him. Don't touch none of them. Just take me. And he fulfilled the scripture. 
He fulfilled the scripture that not one that you have given me was harmed. But in that time when he was in that garden, he prayed a prayer. In John chapter 17, now for time constraints, I want you to read it on your own. Where he asked for those who believe to be with him. To, for the father to protect those. For the father, for those who believe on his name to be where he is. And to keep them from the evil in the world and to protect us from the evil in the world. That's the insight. Now you go read chapter John chapter 17 for yourself. That's the prayer he prayed in the garden. After realizing, I mean, after getting past not wanting to go through what he had to endure for all of us. And so after that, he's raised from the dead. I mean, after that, he's beaten, he's bruised, he's whipped, he's, he's made a criminal. He's a crown of thorns is placed on his head. His beard is being snatched out. He's being assaulted left and right. They bring him to the beaten post. He's beaten with rods. He's whipped with a, a whip that rips out his kid. The rip with glass and bits of bone in the chain fragments of it. They rip out portions of his back and his internal organs and the muscle meat of his, of his entire body mass. And he's going through all of this torture and he's being questioned. But, but before that, He's been questioned by Pontius Pilate. Before that, he's being questioned. He's being asked questions by the high priest. He's being dragged from house to house in a, in a trial by night or hidden from those who could actually say and testify on his behalf. He's being railroaded. <sighs> Jesus, we love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your pain. Thank you for your love. Thank you for not giving up on us. And long story short, we find Jesus Hmm. At the cross, giving up his spirit. In chapter two, Luke chapter 23, verse 46. He's on the cross. He's being crucified. And it's at the hour for him to surrender his soul. And he says, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the ghost and breathed his last. After this, he's seen several places. Three days have gone to pass and he's and he's arisen from the grave. He's been seen by Mary Magdalene, who came and told that the, uh, the disciples, no one believes her came and told the uh came uh, um and then the three who uh two on the road to Emmaus came and tell the disciples and they still don't believe but he has risen from the dead he has defeated death he has carried every burden there of every sin that we have 
He has become everything and every wretched evil thing that you and I have ever done. And he has defeated it by his blood, by the, his death and coming back to life. That's what resurrection is. And now he has ascended into heaven and at the right hand of God. He is now at the right hand of the Father. He is now taken back everything that Adam had lost. The first Adam has now, the last Adam has now restored back to God everything that the first Adam lost. The Bible calls Jesus the last Adam. Listen. In all that Jesus did for you, in all that Jesus accomplished for you, for those of you who don't have him, don't you think you deserve, he deserves for you to give him a try. He deserves for you to make him your savior. He deserves for you to make him your salvation. He deserves for you to call upon his name because the Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Listen, for those of us that are in the church and that are saved, I want to share this with you. And I'm gone. Just give me another five minutes. Turn your Bible to Revelation chapter, first, first chapter. Follow with me. Let me see where we're going to go. Verse. Hmm. Behold, we'll be right back. Walking with the Lord, the Bible in my sword Cause the evil one growling like a lion when he roar I'm ready for the war, he won't be me no more In Christ I got the victory, it's over for the boy Standing in the spirit, he see it and he fear it I'm protected by the blood, he can hear it in my lyric When he bring the pain, get rebuked in Jesus' name I'm running with his tail tucked, can't you see I change? Yeah, on the streets I'm praising, God is amazing Lord, you're so amazed, true author of the Bible He gave man the inspiration, God is amazing Lord, you're so amazing Please look out for me yeah. And here's my proof God been calling me ever since my youth 
Well, back then, if only I knew Would you over and stow, I would've never run to you Hey, I don't wanna be a rich man I'd rather be Lazarus In the bosom of Abraham With love, peace, and happiness, hey I'd rather be feeble than the camel Try to pass through the eye of a needle for freeing my people, he can't part with his possessions. Then the Lord ain't gon' believe. Hey, on the streets I'm praising. God is amazing. Lord is so amazing. True author of the Bible. God is amazing, Lord is so amazing The Bible said the meek shall inherit the earth And those whom God has chosen, he has ordained thee for birth Satan knows your worth, he wants to see you cursed Before you come to God, he'd rather see you in the hearse That's why he wants you banging, fornicating and slanging If he can keep you occupied, he can keep you hanging On to a wire, chasing your desire So you can swim eternally with him in the lake of fire Where everybody weeps With gnashing of the teeth No more getting turned up You'll be burning up with grief Begging for forgiveness Crying for forgiveness Looking to an ending of a pain With no ending Yeah, on the streets I'm praising God is amazing Lord you're so amazing True author of the Bible Gave man the inspiration God is amazing Lord you're so Amazing! Please look out for me!